Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John. Here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today, we're going to talk about our first bargain bin pick, Ravenous Devils, Marvel's Midnight Suns, Alex's Playdate with The Playdate, and our most anticipated games of 2023. Before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon. The Patreon supports all the shows on our network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at npn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for their contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Side Quests are where we veer off outside the realm of video games into food, beverages, movies, TV, and more. Join our Patreon to get those episodes a week early or just hang out and they'll show up in the normal feed on the off weeks. Uh, we are going to talk about um, some some Last of Us television HBO special awesome premiere from yesterday. This yeah, time. and I have to apologize because um, I just posted last week's side quest right now. That's okay. Because my life is in shambles. So uh, sorry, patrons. Yeah. Well, no, the pa- the patrons got it. Oh, okay. I forgot to post <laughs> sorry, it. Sorry, not sorry. It's the rest of these plebs. <laughs> <laughs> should you should you should be a patron, then you don't have to worry about. Well, dealing with Alex's there was mistakes. a time that I completely forgot to post it for everybody, and then I just doubled it up. But anyway, if you missed a side quest and you're hearing this, go back on your feed, because there's an episode about Christmas presents that uh, you can listen to. And, uh, yes. So it's there now. My apologies. I will do yeah. better with The Last of Us one. That's okay. As always... We do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and, view us, rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes. On Horror Movie Yearbook, they did a full episode where they talked about several things, including uh, 30 Days of Night was the, the movie that they spoke about, but they also talked about the legacy of Ruggiero Dodato, who I think was uh, the director of Cannibal Holocaust, which is a very controversial horror movie. They also talked about Scream 6 posters and new Evil Dead Rise trailer. So please check that out. Tim also put out the 2022 honor roll with some superlatives and Tim, the Tim's list, Tim's top 10 movies of the year. Check that out. And then uh, also they have a tiny terror where Nikki joins them to talk about the newest on-set cinema screenings and their own dream locations. I don't know what that is. I'm excited to listen. It should be great. Uh, and they should have something new out very soon. So, 30 Days of Night is a highly underrated horror movie. I remember it coming out. I remember the Totally Rad Show talking about it and uh, not rushing out to see it after that. So I think you may be right. Um, I liked it. It was a... It was a graphic novel, too, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So I'm curious if maybe it's another situation, kind of like Constantine, where like it maybe it wasn't a great adaptation, but it was still good in its own right, but it got kind of like ignored by the people who should have liked it because they liked the comic. I don't know. Who knows? Listen I don't know how Constantine movie could book. be considered that, because Keanu Reeves still wants to go back and play more Constantine, so... No, I'm, I I speak strictly from, like, the fact that, like, I think Nick hated that movie and I forced him to like it with my friendship because I was like, we can't be friends anymore if you don't <laughs> like Keanu Constantine. And it's not, 
It's not a great adaptation, but I think it's a very entertaining movie. I think it's With great. It's one of my favorites. Keanu and G-Man. I mean, Shia LaBeouf, take or leave. Gavin Rossdale, mostly leave, but kind of funny for a reason. And He's that's, pretty great. You know, that's it's all, it's good. Oh, uh, Peter Stormare. Yeah. Dormara. Very As good. The fucking devil. Yes. And also uh uh Tilda Swinton. It's such a cast. That's a, Yeah, it that's, does it, it is, is a it is a one hundred percent starstruck just banger of a cast. That cast makes more sense now, today, for comic book movies than it did in two thousand five when that movie came out. Maybe that's why Nick didn't like it, is because it was just ahead of its time. Maybe. Maybe. Now, when's the last time he's he, watched it? Maybe he's due he, for a rewatch. He watched it with me, and I think he enjoyed it more, but I, he probably just enjoyed the glee exuding from my face as I watched the film. I don't know, but yeah. uh, it's it's good. It's a good movie. It might be a bad Constantine adaptation, but I don't give a shit. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. No, it's just, I, I like 30 Days a Night because Josh Hartnett was in it. He's a heartthrob. Swoon. It's in know. his last name. And also, because he was problem. also in 40 Days and 40 Nights, and he's in all kinds of movies that have to do with days and nights. So A very strange series. Yeah. <laughs> it's Weirdest all over the sequel place. ever. <laughs> Went from being, about, <laughs> from being about Lent to being about vampires. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you give up for Lent, the sun? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christianity? Anyway. Yeah. Uh, Alex, why don't you talk about the play date first? Okay, I can do that. The play date. Uh, we talked about the play date a long time ago on a uh, side quest before it came out, but this is made by the people at Panic, which um, they started as like a Mac software studio. They made all kinds of like tools and things for Mac that uh, like audio editors and things of that nature. They have like a they have a, a program you can download to write code in. I can't remember the name of it. it. might be Vega or something like that. I'll take a look. But uh, they decided at some point to hop into the world of hardware, and they wanted to do it with something called the Playdate, which I hold here in my hand for, for John and Brian. It is, it is small. It is oh, not wow. a big machine. And it has, it's basically like, it's, it's Game Boy controls. It's got a D-pad, a B, and an A, and then it has a crank on the side, which was not on your Game Boy back in the day. But I can... It's It's got a good... Uh, Tactile a good, feel? Yeah, it's not... I mean, there's no haptics to it, which would be really sweet if it did have haptics. But, yeah, but it's clearly um, not for just powering the thing. It's for actually <laughs> doing stuff. As far as I know, it, it you cannot power the thing with it. I don't know. That might Maybe that's, that's coming in an update. But... Um, no, it has one. a good, like, it just has, it's not, uh, it's not just free, I can't just spin it around by moving the thing, it stays in place when you, so there's like very much Yeah, a, it has some resistance. Yes, yes, that's a, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, so this thing, it's, uh, it's like $170, $200 with the case if you bought it, uh, ahead of time. There's still, you know, I was in the third round of pre-orders and I think, um, they're still not fully caught up, as far as I know. But um, there's, like, 12 official games that you get when you buy it, and they're releasing, like, two to you per week when you activate it. So I only have access... I just got access to two more games today, which I have not played as of yet. Um, 
but I have uh, Whitewater Wipeout, which is a surfing game that uses the crank to kind of change the angle that your surfer's going, and you spin the crank to do spins in the air, and it's it's hard. It's a hard game. It reminds me of like an old school NES or Game Boy style game, but using the crank to control a surfer is a pretty unique experience and uh, and pretty difficult. And then um, there's also this casual birder game, which I believe you're using kind of the the uh, the characters using like a, a play date to take pictures of, of different kinds of birds. I haven't played as much of that one yet, um, but it's a hmm. neat device. I mean, I don't know that it's got mass appeal as of yet because it's very much like a curiosity. What I will say is that like, it's really strange and cool to see black and white pixel graphics on like a very smooth refresh rate screen. Cause I think it's like probably 30 frames, which is not what a game boy would be able to do. Uh, it might be 60 even. Um, and not only that, but just like the, I don't think it's full 1080p, but the higher resolution screen also, it's just a very, it's just a very nice looking screen. Like, let me see if I can uh if I can show you guys kind of the opening thing here for wipeout whitewater wipeout. Just watch the animation on this guy. It's loading. There you go. It's just got oh, it's yeah. very fluid looking and yeah. it's just weird to see black and white fluid animation. It's not like e paper, is it? Like e ink? No, but it looks really good. And the but the crazy thing is, is that it's not backlit. So yeah, it is kind of a very bummer. much. It's a little bit of a bummer, but it's kind of interesting having to have a light source behind you while you're playing a handheld game system. Still, like, right? Because this it, is 2023. <laughs> yes, I'm not. I was not used to it. I, I like. Of, I opened the yeah. thing up and I was like, I can't really see this. And then I turned the light on. I was like, oh man. I can see the game that I'm trying to yeah, play. Yeah, I mean, it's the future. My my smart toothbrush has a backlight, you know? Like, <laughs> But um, I'm, I'm interested to break into more of the games as they become available to me. It's it's a, an interesting platform. The cool thing is that they're working on, like, a, a game store for it, but they have people that are... You're allowed to sideload apps onto it using the website because it does have a Wi-Fi connection to it. Um, so you can sideload apps onto it. You can buy games that people are making for off of Twitch or Twitch itch itch.io, the indie kind of game seller website. And um, it, they have the full development SDK on their website. You can download it and start coding games in, I think C and Lua are the two languages that the machine uses. And, um, you know, it, it really, like, looking at some of the stuff that they have up on this, uh, it's play.date slash dev. They've got, you know, design tips, and they have, like, a font maker for it called Caps. And then there's also um, Nova is the, is the like, code editor that they made, um, that, that Panic made. Um, but it's just a really cool, unique thing that I don't think you would ever get with... Uh, switch or any other kind of handheld that's out there like this is very bespoke and different and like 
it just feels like it's made with care and i'm curious to see what kind of cool stuff people make for it 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 really really makes me want to like sit down and try to learn how to make a video game for this thing because it's just so unique and it's like you got your, you got your D-pad, two buttons, and a crank, and go make a fun game with that. And and I think that's really cool. It always makes me wonder, like, with all the like, how how much more or less complex are the different engines in programming languages from each other? You know, like, is is the play date easy to program for in respect to, you know, Game Maker Studio or you know, Go Dot or like any of those other like smaller engines? You know. Yeah, um, no, I, I, that's the thing is that I I always feel like I know so little about how that backend stuff even works that I can't even comprehend what is easy and what's not. And so, like, I, I do, yeah, like, I do want to know, like, C is a pretty standard, basic language, you know, it's been around for a long time, um, and so it's 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 something where I feel as though it would probably be pretty easy to pick up, but maybe difficult to master in a lot of ways. And so like, yeah, but it could be more widely applicable than, than some of the other, you know, like you said, the smaller engines, like everything, I think as you start to parse the skill set of programming, you can, you learn skills that will transfer. You just kind of, it's kind of like having a Rosetta stone into code because you're kind of like, learning things that you can reference and be like, oh, this thing in C is done like this over in Lua or whatever, that kind of thing. So curious to to maybe start taking a look at that. I tried to I did buy a bundle. So they so they were selling like the cover and the and the play date, which is two ninety nine right now. You can order it. It's supposed to ship sometime this year. They don't have an actual date on there for you yet. Um but uh, they were selling a bundle at some point, so I bought two, and I'm trying to convince Rick to take it, and then hopefully learn how to code a game, and I will help him. We can help him design a video game for it, because I think it would be right up his alley to do that kind of thing on this. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm. It's it's very interesting. I I think people, if this, if any of this sounds cool to you, you should check it out because it's just a very, I'm very interested to see these other games that do come uh, with it. I think I said 12 before it's actually 20 according to the website. Um, I mean, I'm totally interested in it from the standpoint of like, I would love to, again, like learn how to program. Like you were saying, like, I would love to understand how games are made in general to some Mm -hmm. extent. Uh, I feel like if I were to buy this, like, Am I actually going to use it? I I don't know. Like, and I hate saying that because my time is so limited in general. So no, I, mean, I know. I mean, I bought this thing in 2021 before I had a baby, even potentially on the way, and so it just got to me now. And I'm like, right? Yeah, this would have been cool to have a while ago, but you know, I I this it's the kind of thing I'm enough of a an amateurish video game historian that I love to just own one and throw it in a box somewhere and know that I have it there to play with at some point in time when I'm probably retired and very old. But, um, no, I, I I think the other cool thing is like, you can program for it without even owning one. So this SDK includes a simulator so that you can, you can 
play the games that you're coding for the play mm. date. Um, so you could you could try to take a stab at it. And like I said, there's this uh, on the website they have designing for play date, and they just kind of have this like guide that kind of tells you like, hey, here's the things that you should think about. Screen resolution is 400 by 240. Uh, so it's 173 pixels per inch, and this is what fonts will look like, and how how big your titles should be, and what's actually readable on the screen, and all these different kinds of things that, like, I think they've considered more, like, this is, it's like a really cool guide of, like, these are the things that people think about when they make a video game, and it's like, how do I animate things that looks, that look cool on this screen, and that, like this to me is very unique compared to something like a PlayStation because it's like, oh, that's a TV. It's big. You know, somebody's going to be looking at it. This is a very like different type situation. You're only going to be playing with like two colors. It's grayscale. You know, your, your resolution is small. Like it, it, I think it's, I think things you learn here will be applicable to like bigger programming projects if you want to try and make a bigger game or something. But, it just, to me, feels a little bit more bite-sized and smaller in scope and the type of thing that you would need to start to try and do in order to eventually learn how to make, like, you know, uh, uh, an indie game that would hit it bigger. Yeah. Because I feel like there's so much of me when I think about making a video game where I'm like, oh, I want to make a game that's just like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. And it's like, okay, yeah, I as a dude would like to make a game that probably thousands of people worked on maybe hundreds or th- or thousands i don't know like that's cool and all but i need to learn how to do anything of it first and i feel like the play date is like the perfect scale to learn how to do that kind of thing so yeah we'll see if that ever happens i might just have enough fun playing the games to uh you know to see but if I find anything I really like, I'm sure I will talk about it some more. And, uh, yeah, the play date. Play.date is the website. Check it out if it sounds interesting to you. Cool. I'm mostly interested Ooh. in the crank mechanic. Also, I'm... there should be a licensed crank game, like the movie. <laughs> With Jason Statham. You can only use the crank as a control. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you have to keep it going fast enough. Yeah, you can't, you yeah, can't stop. You have to just keep cranking it's just the crank. like the movie. Or your, your, what, your heart stops? And you, yes. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah, yeah I, I remember so. he had to keep his heart rate up for some reason. Yep. He'd explode or something stupid. You have to do 10,000 rotations per minute in order to proceed. Anyway, that's a lot of rotations, man. It is a lot of rotations. <laughs> no, I would program that, but I don't know how you could play test it, you know, without the actual device. Yeah, that's crank. true. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how the crank uh, handles through the uh, simulator. So maybe. yeah, yeah. It's probably just your mouse wheel or something. That's true. Yeah, it could be. That's probably the best way to do it. All right. That's all. Yep. <laughs> Let's talk about. Barking bin. I don't have a thing. I'm sorry. You don't have a bumper for bargain bin? I don't have Can a bumper for bargain bin. Can you just sing one for us live? It's a bargain bin. Yeah, the bargain bin. It's the bargain bin. I was trying to think bin, of a song right. to pattern it off of that we could get sued over. Uh, 
It just needs to be like the Price is Right theme song. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I just have the trombone here somewhere. Yeah. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Bargain it's bin. A, I mean, that's, that <laughs> is a great descriptor for this game. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, needless to say, Ravenous Devils is a ravenous dud. <laughs> well, it was four ninety nine, right? But uh, okay. yeah, but you guys probably didn't at least put in an hour. Like we I had put in, I don't remember. Discussed. I can tell you how many how many hours I put into it. But I was like, Steam it just became me thirteen minutes. I'm sorry. <laughs> it was it was too much for me. It felt like uh, I don't know how to describe that otherwise. Um, Where's where's my time on here? Brian, did you put an hour into it? Close. It was about 55 minutes, I think. So what did you think of it? Do you um, think it was a dud or no? It appears to be overwhelming at first, and then, like real life, you fall into a routine, and it just becomes <laughs> kind of easy for a while. And then it, it reveals other mechanics, like... Um, Okay, so, well, let's start at the beginning here. Do you want to talk about what the game actually is? So, like, the, the Steam page... Because nobody knows this game. The Steam page <laughs> says, uh, A horror cooking simulator where the secret ingredient is crime. Improve your shops, buy new tools, expand your menu, and above all, make your customers happy. So, basically, I mentioned in the last episode, or in, in our two episodes ago, that it was very Sweeney Todd, and they even make a Sweeney Todd reference at the beginning of the game where there's a man who's acting as a tailor. People come in to get measured. He murders those people. They get sent down to the kitchen below where his wife makes treats out of these bodies, and he takes their clothes and makes new clothes out of them. And so you're kind of... The game is you managing those two storefronts, basically, mm -hmm. and trying to be as profitable as you possibly can. Um what I will say is that the game, in the first 13 minutes that I played, which is like the the first part of the tutorial mission, basically, sufficiently terrified me into getting caught. And that is maybe the problem. You can get caught? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you can or not. Probably can't. But I, I thought I could. And it made me extremely stressed out. And I was like, I don't, I don't know if I can handle this. Because it was... I, I like John had kind of said. I was playing it on my Steam Deck, and there's part of me that wonders yeah, if no. I could navigate faster between floors Absolutely. and things on a on a full screen computer with a mouse and keyboard. It, Maybe it would be a little bit. It would feel more manageable for me. But I wonder if I can the, split the two floors between my two ver other monitors here. That'd be <laughs> probably two, two screen mode. Yeah, the, it'd be uh, sweet. The mouse controls are very good, and I feel like playing it on the Steam Deck is a huge disservice to it. It's clearly not designed for that. Um, you actually can switch between the two floors with just the mouse wheel. It is it mm. is great. It's a good idea. And um, yeah, so that pretty much sums it up. You're right. But um so essentially, yeah, this couple moved from some other town uh, because they probably were afraid of getting caught there and had to leave. And uh, they set up shop here. Um, however, if you play basically past like the tutorial day, you find out that somebody in the city is onto them. They send them anonymous mail and then it adds another mechanic in that I hadn't 
I haven't fully explored that yet. I might give it another go or two. I just have had other things that I want to play more. But um, <laughs> basically, you have to look for a specific target. Mm. And you'll get like paid more. Like you this person's to, blackmailing you, you into killing specific people that go to that shop for them. Ah, and there's so cool. there's some sort of mystery angle. I assume they explore at some point. Um, yeah, from a gameplay perspective, though, it is definitely repetitive and kind of like dull. That's the right thing. now, but it's it's essentially just like a like a management kind of simulator a, yeah. a low level management because i mean you, you kind of fall into a rhythm uh switching between the two it seems like a lot at first but it really isn't it's it's pretty simple to get a rhythm going and uh you can get once you get a, even like a two upgrades i would say it makes things so much easier like you can upgrade the display case in the the meat the uh butcher shop or whatever so you can just load it up more which buys you time to do other things like put bodies through the uh grinder and stuff the whole concept of the game is really fucked up though it's, <laughs> it's all sweeney todd it's just sweeney todd so it's it's not you know i i think that's the thing that felt most apparent to me is that it felt like a lemonade, like a lemonade stand game, like on Newgrounds or something like that. You know, like an old school <clears throat> flash game that you would play when you were bored in computer class. In terms yeah, of I, like, I used to have this game on my phone called like Tiny Tower. I don't know if anybody uh, ever played yeah, that. I played know. that. But it's like you're you're like a like a building management like property management person and you're you have to build floors and like in the floors like you build different like retail spaces and things and like it was a lot of scrolling and like you know like like you said management like uh, resource management sort of simulator and this game is definitely like a smaller scale version of that but like it's just not what I was like. I'm not into that anymore. Like I like those <laughs> games like at the advent of the smartphone. You know, because it was something it was something dumb to just sit and like waste your time doing on your smartphone, but like yeah, and and I'm sure playing it on the Steam Deck does a huge disservice to it, which kind of sucks, but uh yeah, I just uh it it looks nice. Like it's a very good looking. It has like a nice aesthetic to it and everything. Like they yeah. clearly put a lot of effort into mm-hmm. into it. So I don't want to like downplay that. Good good art direction for what yeah, it is. Yeah, it, like, it's very very cool art direction and everything. Uh and the animations are cool of the characters and everything. So like I don't mean to say that it's like terrible. Let let's also keep in mind this is a $5 game. <laughs> yeah, it's a $5 Full game. Price, right. Not on sale. Yeah. So, so, I mean, the the scope. Yeah, I mean, I think adjusting the scope, we shouldn't really like. But but at the same time, you know, I think there could be a diamond in the rough of like I spent five dollars on this and I wholeheartedly recommend it. I don't think any of us are like ravenous devils. It's a great time. Everybody should check it out. You know, no. well, I mean, it does. It has a hundred thirty six overwhelmingly positive reviews uh, uh, recently, and. Uh, all of the reviews, 5,700, there's 5,076 of them are very oh, wow. positive on Steam. So it, that says something like it, 
clearly appeals to people. It is, I mean, it's tagged as a management cooking villain protagonist crime game. (laughs) That should have kind of given away what was going to be entailed. I don't know why you were surprised that the gameplay wasn't what you expected. I don't think it was, I don't think it's a bad one of those. I just don't want to play one of those, you know? I I thought it would be more more like you're actually playing as the characters and not so much like point and click kind of thing, I guess, you know? Like it would have been more, I think there could be more... Uh, there there could be more mechanics to it in that respect. You know, if there's like button sequence pressing to yeah. perform certain types of kills on characters mm. and things, or like to have a to perform a, to get a specific recipe or to cook a certain way. Like, oh, you have to go and stir the pot. So you're like stirring the pot, and then you also have to like chop up this onion or whatever. So you have to like f- you know whatever. Well, you, you need different ingredients that you have to grab for. I just mean like there could be more mechanics than just like scrolling and clicking and scrolling and clicking and scrolling and clicking yeah. in the right rhythm. You know what I mean? Like it, I just feel like it could have more to it. So that's kind of what I was expecting, but it, it was a lot of just like, Oh, you know, up screen, down screen, scroll this way, go, scroll that way, click this, click that, click this, click that. Like it just wasn't what I was expecting it to be. I mean, obviously management games are whatever they are, but like imagine, Imagine having to play like overcooked, but like instead of you actually like tapping the button to chop things, like you just point to chop it. You know what I mean? Like you send your character. Then I probably wouldn't get so stressed out. (laughs) But that's the thing is like it that gives that game some of its fun factor in in allowing you to regulate the speed at which you are able to complete the task. You know what I mean? Whereas Mm -hmm. like. In this, you don't really have any bearing on that. You just tell them to do the thing. Yeah, you, know? you buy upgrades well, to like speed things up, or yeah, and that's. Tell, I mean, it's cool when you all, tell like, them to do the things, and in what order is part of the gameplay, though. Like that, that's where the efficiency comes in. Sure, but you also have that in Overcooked. You know. Okay. Well, I mean, yeah, Overcooked's probably the better game here, <laughs> <laughs> but Overcooked. Costs what like twenty five dollars or something? You I can think. usually, yeah. I mean, it's not a bargain. I mean, I got it for free but... from like Epic Game Store, but uh, I will say it would be funny if this game had a multiplayer mode like Overcooked, and it was like four different <laughs> shopkeepers just passing parts around and stuff. That'd be pretty good. I would check that out. Somebody gets to take the leg from the body and make something particular from it. Like a lamp? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People come by this leg lamp in the 1700s or whatever this time. (laughs) That would be a fun Easter egg and it comes in a box that says Fragile on it, you know? Yes, it's Italian. I will say... I'm glad we did this. It was a fun experiment. I'd like to no, try I it again. I want to do more. I want to do more. I don't want to play so, sex with Hitler, but I want to do more. <laughs> then what about sex with the devil or <laughs> Zoe, my hentai sex doll? <laughs> no. It, you I, had your turn. I Yeah. I would, I would be down to do uh, Boris and the Dark Survival at some point, but maybe we can... maybe. Uh, Maybe because Brian actually completed the assignment most, he gets to pick the next one. So maybe by next episode, if you want to take a take a look, we'll announce it, and then we'll give it another month to 
to so that I can play 13 minutes of it in that month. Um, okay. Unless you have something in mind already. Well, I might. Well, if you want to, you, you can look into it as... Uh, I think we should, each of us should make a list of bargain bin games that we want to play moving forward. And then, uh, yeah, like just to have them ready to go, I guess, would be fun. Or if any listeners have any suggestions that you want to throw on the bargain oh, bin yeah. list, that would be a fun way to do things too. We should uh we should have a Patreon level that like when you when you hit that mark you can suggest like that you you will basically in giving us the money for the uh for fifteen dollars you can pick a bargain bin. Exactly. And it's enough to pay like that's enough <laughs> money to pay for each of us to get the game. There you and go. We'll, we'll talk about how awesome you are. I think I'm gonna look Somebody's in just like gonna the do dollar it just to range. Make me play sex with Hitler. <laughs> I don't appreciate that. Well, no, we just we, we'll we'll set certain stipulations like it can't be sex with Hitler or sex with the devil or sex with Hitler two or sex with Hitler three. You know, like there's no sex with Hitler <laughs> at all. Ever. <laughs> no hentai games. You know, we'll like we'll make rules. Ah. <laughs> uh. It's got to be something that, like, they want to play, too, or, like, you know what I mean? Like, it can't just be something stupid. You know, give us a, give us a game that is actually worth playing that's, that's like, cheap kind of thing, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. No, I think that's fair. Anyways. So, yeah, Ravenous Devils. It's, it's okay. Could be better. Yeah. But for five bucks, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's our review. You can put That's the poll quote in your next trailer, uh, developer. You can do it. And then, uh, yeah. So, Alex, you said you haven't played any Midnight Suns yet. No, I'm. I'm. I really want to. I just haven't yet. It makes me sad because uh, I want to be part of this conversation, really. But uh, how much have you been able to play, John? Uh, I've played the intro of the game at least twelve times. Um, <laughs> Because it kept uh, crashing my Steam Deck, which is not cool. But the that other sucks. night, I ended up playing um, a couple of hours into it because uh, I sat up on my computer and actually like used my PC for once, which was nice. Uh, so that was cool. It's beautiful. It runs really well on my computer and uh, looks great. Sounds good. It is a really, really funny game. Some of the dialogue. It's very funny is absolutely hilarious um i like how sarcastic you can play your main character hunter uh i like (laughs) all of the bullshit that other people can say to you especially tony stark says some pretty funny stuff um they overuse the word spooky which is funny but also kind of annoying it's like every other line says something is spooky spooky that's mostly a tony stark thing it seems yeah, but it was, uh, overall, it is a very interesting take on the, um, strategy, tactical strategy game, uh, much like XCOM. It, it, uh, it doesn't have a grid system. You're kind of, you can free roam and move, uh, you can only really move one character per round though. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can only move them. You can keep moving the same character until somebody else plays an action card of some sort. So all of your abilities and attacks are done using a card-based system, so they're randomly drawn for you. 
You can redraw um, a specified number of times depending on the round or the battle that you're in. If it's a longer battle, they let you do like two, I think two or three redraws depending on how long it is. But more often than not, it's just like one or two. There are cards that affect that as well. It'll give you extra redraws. Yeah, and you can get certain cards, certain action cards that are that have like the attribute of being quick on them, which means if you kill an enemy with a quick attack, then it it refunds you the card play, so you can just keep playing quick cards if you've got a handful of them basically until you run out of cards. Um so as you're performing actions, you're gaining heroic points, you use heroic points to use more expensive/powerful cards further in the round. There are environmental attacks that you can do, like flinging enemies into uh, garbage dumpsters or other enemies, and they, you can basically chain attacks that way, or you can actually have chain attacks that hit multiple enemies and things like that. Um, but it's it's like a it's a cool take on those sorts of games because I've always been a fan of grid-based, like turn-based strategy games, and this is that, but it's adding the card element, and I should probably play more of it to so I could speak more to the expansion of the cards in terms of getting different abilities and attacks and things. Unfortunately, I can't speak to that, but uh, I do plan on playing this more. It is fairly easy to pick up and put down to a certain extent. I've been skipping a lot of the in-between dialogue because the story, like, I don't care. I just want to play the battles. Like, I just want to mm. fight, you know? So it'd be <laughs> nice if it had, like, a more casual, like, you know, battle mode or, uh, you know, even if there was some kind of multiplayer where you can just fight somebody else's team of heroes would be kind of cool, you know? So... But yeah, it's it's a it's very nice, very fun game. It's unfortunate that it has had such a slow and not so great response in terms of sales and things. But Triple Click all loved it; like they were yeah, having a great time playing been, it. It's been a bit of a critical darling, but it sounds like the sales have not been so good. So maybe it'll maybe there, people there will start to check it out more. Definitely, people when it first came out complaining about having a. Uh, technical issues and stuff with it too. Mm. The only issue I've had is if you turn ray tracing on in any manner, it kills the frame rate. Mm. At least when you're in the, uh, in between combat areas where you're running around in 3d, like exploring and stuff. So yeah, yeah you, I don't know how much you've done that. I've spent so much time just running around your, the base area, which is like the, uh, the Abbey, it's like See, this old church yeah, the, and the, like the, the spooky mansion. <laughs> yeah, the spooky mansion, whatever you want to call it. Um, it has a huge area of grounds around it. And it kind of reminds me a bit of like the uh, crypt for like the Mortal Kombat games. Oh, are, yeah. Okay. Where you kind of explore around and you can find things like cosmetic things and like actual upgrades and stuff like free cards. Um, there's chests to unlock. You need like these arcane keys, which you can find and earn various different ways in the game. Um, Did you play any fire emblem with us, Brian, when you had no, your switch? Okay. I didn't. Okay. Cause it's very fire emblem as well, where you can like find things that other people, other characters in the game have dropped and like take it to them to like improve your friendship and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah, that's, it has a lot a of that. Of that. Yeah. Yeah. There are gifts that you can give to people to improve your standing, but it, you need to know which gifts are appropriate for which people to get the most out of them. Of course. Wolverine Di dropped dialogue. his claws. <laughs> yeah. Dialogue options definitely affect 
like your friendship level too. I've definitely yeah, you, been a sarcastic a ass too many shredded, times. And you get a bunch of shredded newspaper for when you declaw Wolverine so he can paw at it, you know? <laughs> yeah. You just see him like That's dark. <laughs> Very spooky, John. Spooky. Um, yeah, the, the relationship I, thing is kind of like whatever. Like, I that's the thing is it's all done through like dialogue trees and stuff, and it kind of you develop your hunter character however you want it to be, uh, you know. And so you can have these jokey, sarcastic responses, or you can have like serious responses, and like the other characters will react to them accordingly. And then you can either gain or lose points with your relationship with them, and. Like, I, I just, I don't need any of that. Like, especially, like, I don't want, though, I feel like turn-based strategy games have enough to deal with, mm. like, developing the characters and abilities, and at least in this one, like, you don't, I don't think you have to, like, upgrade armor sets and things necessarily, like. Um, there are actually armor sets that have benefits in the game. So there you go. Like, there's enough of that going on, like just managing the team in general, I don't need to manage their interpersonal relationships. Like that's totally unnecessary. It's one of the things I don't like about fire emblem and what yeah. took me out of fire emblem. Cause I feel like it's either, I have to like either invest way more time into those things than I want to, or I let them go by the wayside and then I miss out on things. So it's like a weird kind of FOMO of, of like dealing yeah. with that kind Are of you shit. missing out on the best stuff, like the best synergies or something like that because you didn't develop. Yeah. Cause I didn't like just, you know, sludge my way through the slog of it, you know? And, and I don't, I don't want any of that. That's, it doesn't feel like a chore to me because like you said, the dialogue's so funny. It's like, I just want to hear the ridiculous lines that they have. Um, and like, I'll skip through, sometimes I'll just read the dialogue since there appears to be no way to turn subtitles off. So I'll just read through it and skip it early, but that's, I'm that's still, how I've been I'm playing still, too. Yeah. I'm still at least reading it. Like I'm not, I'm not skipping it entirely. I don't skip the cutscenes, even though you can, um, well, when yeah. I played the, replayed the intro shit like 12 times, I got really <laughs> used to skipping a lot of it. Fair enough. I guess I, I will say that that Steam Deck issue particularly popped up when it was finished with a cutscene. So it would do like a cutscene, and then it would go to like a black screen, and then it would just restart the Steam Deck. So hmm. if anybody's playing on Steam Deck, don't. I guess one question that I had is like this is from Firaxis, the people who made the the more recent XCOM games, and. Um, do you feel like there are any moments of your like ninety nine percent chance to hit it's, and no. it fails? So there's none it's of that. It's not a in thing this. in this game. Everything, everything that you're about to do, you know what the result's going to be. Okay, so it's a little it's, more. It into is the more breach. like yes, it is okay. exactly that. That's, it is much more in, like that. So which I think you'll appreciate because I'm sure you hate that percentage based <laughs> shit. It, it's also. I mean, it, it's it's funny it, to me most of the when time. You're, but yeah, when you're when you're a superhero too, like what I like about it is it, it has these like peon sort of enemy characters that are one hit kills yeah, no matter what troopers, and that's that's mm. fantastic. Like that's so gratifying to like even if you're just like chain chain hitting like you got an ability with knockback, so you like hit somebody with the knockback ability and you knock them into another person and they're both peons and then they both die. 
Like that is like super gratifying. And then if for some reason that same knockback ability card had a quick ability on it as well, you gain the card play back. So then you can play another card. You can just keep going. Like you can, it's mm-hmm. fun strategizing your card plays to figure out the most efficient way to clear the field. Very Chaining much like, together yeah, and... yeah it's, it's a lot like uh, Mario plus rabbits had a lot of that going on. The synergy between the characters on the field was like a very important part of that game. And, and you kind of have that here too, but it's really, about playing the cards right so you can get a bad draw like i was having no problem like beating venom in that first encounter with venom that you run into mm-hmm. and then when i finally played through it again on my computer like he whooped my ass for some reason and it's because i got bad cards like i just had a terrible draw and that can happen you know it's it's a randomized thing so it kind of sucks in that respect but at the same time like it makes it interesting like, it was interesting to have played that three or four times like I did, and each time I felt like it was different, but it was still the same mechanics at play. So I f- it felt familiar, but it was cool to see different outcomes every time. Um, yeah, there's there's actually a lot more mechanics that you haven't even encountered yet. I would say it took me probably about 10 hours in to, I think I've fin- I'm finally done discovering new mechanics. a little bit, yeah. yeah. I mean, some of them are in the combat, but others are like in the grounds area and the exploration aspect. Like there's crafting and all kinds of shit that I didn't expect to be in the game. And they like they kind of like. They uh, reveal this stuff rather slowly. Yeah, um, I heard the, the on ramp is a little bit long. It but, is. Uh, uh, and I don't really appreciate that, but at the same time. I don't, I've just been having a, a ton of fun with it. Like the only reason I haven't played it more is just because I've been in the mood to like be playing online games when I can, like when somebody else is on. So ironically, uh, the time I was on my computer the most this weekend, literally nobody was on on any <laughs> of the servers that I'm connected to where I've played on online Friday? games with people. There no, no, it was Saturday was. night. There was uh, not when yeah, I was, no, there was I nobody on Saturday night. I was gone. So I was kind of bummed out about that because I'm like, man, I thought we could play some Rainbow, but nobody's around. (laughs) Mm, Yes, sir. I guess my one of my my other question is in terms, and I know John, you said you haven't quite gotten to this yet, but Brian, do you feel as though you know I've gotten into Marvel Snap and this deck building stuff? Do you feel as though there's a way to start building to a deck that achieves certain things? Probably, yeah. Because how the deck system works is. Each hero has its own deck of eight cards. It can be no more or less. So, um, but you definitely end up getting new cards and you also get duplicates and the duplicates allow you to upgrade a card Mm. of that type. So then you can end up with like, sometimes it adds a new mechanic to that card or just makes it more powerful. So um, there might be things that synergize better between mm-hmm. two characters and things like that that There's, makes it so that you have some variation in how different characters play with each other. Yeah, I'd say that's the only disappointing part with all the stuff that John is complaining about, like all the downtime in between combat and stuff. I, I find it really enjoyable, but at the same time, I've spent spent so much time with that that I feel like I haven't really grasped, like the real game, like the combat Mm. aspect of the game as well as I could, because I don't spend that much time in combat and I I would really like to explore it more. 
but um I, I i definitely see potential like the heroes very wildly in their uh abilities and stuff too like i mean yeah they all kind of have ones that like they'll, they'll have the quick attacks like john said or like the knockback attacks but then um some of the other ones have just like uh like ghost rider like has like absurdly powerful things that are like completely different than some of the other um heroes blade has a lot of chain attacks and uh like life stealing attacks mm. which are super cool um there's actually one hero that has her cards basically have a random effect like one of three random things hmm. depending on how you draw the card it'll just print it out different <laughs> interesting so that's a weird thing to plan for they're almost always useful but not useful necessarily in the way that you want them to be and i don't know it's there's a lot going on and there's also uh there are free to play cards that don't count toward your your card play limit for the the uh, round that you can earn by attacking and defeating certain enemies on the board mm -hmm. and you can see that so you can plan to like take them out to get those free cards interesting and so and those are added directly to your hand um there's also like a uh you can basically build utility items at some point like uh those are also free play cards, but you can only carry like one in at a time until you upgrade later on down okay. the line. You, then you can carry, I think, up to I three. Assume. Yeah, they're consumable. So you have to use resources to craft them and all this shit. There, yeah, there's a lot going on, but I don't feel like it's overly complicated. Yeah, It's just, it's just weird how they roll it out, to be honest. It just takes a while to get a taste of it all. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I'll actually play through the whole game at some point, but it's going to be a while till I finish it. I can tell it's very long. Yeah, I look forward to starting it sometime. <laughs> like Wolverine, Between. for instance, I thought you you guys were making jokes about him. He is in the game, I think, but I haven't fucking found him yet. I think, yeah, he's on the front. He's I, on the page. He's on the image for yeah. Steam, so I yeah. assume he's in there, but... I just got Spider-Man, who's hilarious and uh, has a lot of cool abilities. Nice. Wolverine's in like a Weapon X loot box or something. <laughs> I don't know. I just made that up. Anyways, yeah. Midnight Suns, pretty cool game. Check it out. It's on everything, so mm -hmm. do that. It'll probably go on sale pretty soon, too. Like, even yeah. more than it currently is, because it's like half off right now, so... It's like 20% off-ish. Eh, whatever. 30, 30. It's like half, like 40%. Anyways, cool. All right, let's talk about our most anticipated games of 2023. We're not going to go over all the games coming out in 2023. We're just going to go over games that we are excited about personally and as a group, I suppose. Yes. Um, who wants to start? Do we want to start at the back of it, or do we want to start at, at like, you know, just go down the list here. I'll start. I never start. Do there it. Brian, go. go first. What What are your top three most anticipated games? Starfield, Diablo 4, and Star Wars Jedi Survivor. All great choices. Some good picks. 
Alex, what about you? What are your top three? So my number one is PSVR 2 and Horizon Call of the Mountain, uh, which, you know, obviously VR, cool. Uh, number two for me, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is the continuation of Final Fantasy VII Remake. You really think that's actually going to come out this year? That was going to be my other point, was that I <laughs> feel like that one's going to slip, but we'll see. Uh, and then number three, I have a tie between Uden Chronicle 100 Heroes and the Suikoden 1 and 2 remake, which we didn't talk about when that got announced, but I'm quite excited for that. So I think Uden Chronicle 100 Heroes is made by some of the original people that made Suikoden 1 and 2. And I had a hard time picking between one or the other because I think the nostalgia of 1 and 2 is going to make me very happy. But I also feel like I'm excited to see what they make that's new with 100 Heroes. So uh, that's why I couldn't narrow it down. But I also have a bunch of honorable mentions that we can talk about in a little bit. What about you, Brian? Or Brian, John? Uh, Starfield, The Day Before, and Hogwarts Legacy. I know the last one is very controversial on the internets, and frankly, I don't care. I'm sorry. I just have to <laughs> throw it? that out there. I don't it really know anything about it. incredibly controversial. We're not going to get into that now. I don't want to politicize any of this on this podcast, but uh, it is incredibly controversial, uh, and I just it's a video game, and I want to play it, and it looks cool, and I just want to understand how a uh, a Harry Potter game can play you know, other than like, I know they made the Lego games and everything, but like, they're making this is like a role playing game in Hogwarts. Like, I need to know how this it, like plays. I have to understand it. That's where my yeah. head's at with it. Uh, the day before, those who don't remember, it's basically like the division, but with zombies, and uh, that's supposed to come out March first. They haven't shown any actual gameplay footage, but supposedly, I was just reading today that they have a um, gameplay. Uh, whatever press release thing coming out very soon to show the game off and show off all the different mechanics and things. Uh, I'm very excited for this because I fucking love the division. It's one of my favorite games of all time. They recently just added division two to steam and it does work on the steam deck, but very steam deck, but very poorly. Mm. Uh, so, um, <laughs> uh, what I was reading is that they've completely put it on like end of life. And so it's not, they're not going to update anything. They're just going to like leave it be, but that doesn't matter. What does matter is the mm. day before is like The Division, but with zombies and survival in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, third-person style sort of game. It looked very much like The Division, minus all the cool HUD unit and stuff that you have in The Division. Um, but yeah, that I'm pumped about that. And Starfield is Starfield. I'm super excited for Starfield. So. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I think Starfield for me is still one that I'm like, I don't know. It's on my list of like 20-ish games, my short list that I made, which obviously is number one for both of you guys. Like it's clearly like, I just feel as though I still can't give up hope that I'm going to enjoy a Bethesda game again at some point. Because um, I, I haven't since really... I guess what would it be Skyrim? Yeah. Um, Which release so, of no. Skyrim? The first, the second, the third, the, the, the fourth, the original the fifth, release the of sixth. Skyrim. I will say, like you know, I'm, in terms of those games, like I didn't like Fallout Four because there hasn't been anything else besides that, other than like in in that vein of their big open world RPGs, right? Uh, yeah. I guess Fallout seventy six and maybe the Elder Scrolls Online, which I haven't tried to play, but 
Um, These games are so old now. Like, so Skyrim came out after Fallout 3, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's funny. I was watching uh, the video by H Bomber Guy about, uh, I think Rick showed us why Fallout 3 is, is bad when we went to PAX with him that first time a long time ago. And he has mm-hmm. another, he had another video about why New Vegas is good. And like Fallout 3 was like amazing to me. But after watching how much he liked New Vegas, I like started to get it a little bit more. And it's, it made me want to play New Vegas. But I want Bethesda to make me feel like that again. And I just don't have the confidence that Starfield is going to do it. Um, but we've had this conversation many times before. We don't need to necessarily hash it out again. Make Fallout so. great again. Yes. I should make those shirts. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> I, here's the thing. J.K. Rowling being, uh, you know, whatever she is behind uh, aside, I don't care about Harry Potter anymore. Like it, I don't. It, that's the thing is, it, has, like, it doesn't have anything to do with Harry Potter. It's just the Hogwarts like realm, and I dig all of that. It's Harry Potter. It's all Harry Potter. It's Hogwarts. Okay, I don't care about Hogwarts anymore. Like I don't. It all. I don't know. Maybe the well, movies left a bad taste in my mouth or something. But I just could not care any less about this video game, and I don't. I don't know. I don't. I hope it's good. I hope the people that want to play it like it. You know, like it. That's. That's all I really have that's, to say about it. That's the thing. Hogwarts Legacy is number one pre-order on Steam, and the day before is number two pre-order on Steam. <laughs> like, oh yeah, really? No, I mean, yeah. These are two games that are like wish-listed and pre-ordered more than any other game. <laughs> like, yeah, it's <laughs> surprising. I think Hogwarts Legacy will probably draw in a lot of people that do not normally play video games because of how much they like Harry Potter stuff, and so you know, it's it, it sounds like it's going to be huge. Um, but uh, I don't know. It's one of those things where I was like, I remember people were kind of like, man, was it going to make, are they going to make it like an MMO or whatever? And then they're like, no, it's just a single player game. But like, I just like, I don't understand like how, like you're, you're a wizard, Harry. And uh, you like, are like, are there melee attacks or are you just casting spells from a distance for everything you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I just, I mostly assume always, that it's going to be like, are you running from um, like beasts and monsters and things and like looking back and like shooting a little lightning bolt at them or like, what is the combat really? You know, like, I don't really know. Are you, are the duels between you and another wizard, like actual duels? Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I, I want to, I want to have a better understanding of what this game is. I'm, I'm, I'd be curious to know that stuff. I think like, to me, I feel like there's a lot of room in that kind of thing where it would be like, Oh, you know, you can, um, it'll be a little bit like a, like a, like a dynasty warriors. Uh, like, yeah, you can just like hold down the button and your character will do this and fling a bunch of like light out of it. And then you hold L one and hit square to cast your one spell that you have assigned to that or whatever, where you retrieve your, retrieve your, your, uh, broomstick from your room or whatever. And you can fly away. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> like the, I feel like there's, there's like, you know, like you're saying the melee might really just be, Oh, they're waving their stick around and, and it's shooting light out of it. And like, okay, that's cool. Whatever. And then you have your, your curses you can do where you kill people with them, right? Maybe that's right. only for Slytherin kids. 
who knows yeah i just like i just need to understand what it is i'm i i just find my i put it on my list because i'm more curious about it than anything and i want to know so i feel like there like it, it i feel like it would be very hard to live up to the expectations of people who want to play it as a video game but i feel like from a story standpoint there are probably people who will appreciate it very much as their opportunity to go to hogwarts and so yeah. that's you know I'll be curious to see who ends up satisfied with the game and who does not. But I will be watching from a distance because I just don't care. I don't have time for this game. <laughs> I can't play the games I'm dying to play. I'm not going to have time for Hogwarts Legacy. Oh, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to have time for any of the three, any of the games <laughs> on my list. Like the three I have and my honorable mentions. Like, And I think a couple of them are even day one releases on Xbox. So. It's yeah. a pretty good idea to do a video game podcast about all the shit you can't play. Uh, yeah, you know. At least I still get to talk about it a little bit. I don't know. But, no, I think uh, I did. We'll just, I don't we'll think have I... have to change it to a dad podcast, and you'll you'll be the resident, like, great-grandfather. <laughs> I'll just I, uh, drink old granddad. There you go. And listen to you guys talk about how you, you can't play you things. You young kids are... I don't think I talked about it. I did get a PSVR pre-order um, in, and so I am going to play that and Horizon Call of the Mountain when it uh, when it comes out. I don't know. I, like I, I barely even know anything else about other launch titles for the thing, so I'm curious to see like what is going to get updates. I know No Man's Sky and a few other things are are definitely receiving updates at some point, but I don't know what's going to be available day one. So that'll be yeah. interesting. And uh, yeah, John, like you said, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, I don't know. There's part of me that's like, they figured out the engine. They know what the game, the bones of the game. So it's mostly just what? Like creating new assets for the places you're going to go and recording stuff and, you know, but they have the models and, and I don't know, who knows? I am hopeful. Like they, it was weird to me that they put a date on it, but I feel like it could happen. So I'm, I'll have it on I there, mean, but I if, would not be surprised if it slips to next if year. Part of seven remake taking so long was that they were, they had all of this in the bag too. Okay. But they haven't said anything along those lines. So. I think. I think to me, it was just so much of like, what is this game going to be? And I feel like when when Seven Remake comes out, a lot of that is set in stone. You know how the game's gonna play. You know all of that stuff. And once that's done, and you've made literally the bones upon which the game works in, I feel like the rest of it has to follow. But. Yeah. You know, I, I guess we'll see. I'm just very curious because, you know, no spoilers on on remake, but there's by the end of that game, you know that things are going to be different, and I'm very curious to understand how they toe the line between, like, how how different are things going to be, and what's going to be the same, and and why are they going to do. Why are they going to do things differently? And and I want to know what that all means for this trilogy of remaking Final Fantasy VII that we're currently in the middle of. So right. that should be interesting. But All right. Honorable mentions real quick. Brian, go. Um, System Shock, 
That's the remake. Uh, Sons of the Forest. Destiny 2 Lightfall. Baldur's Gate 3 is actually going to be out of early access. Finished. Uh, Company of Heroes 3. Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. If I actually get a new Switch. If not, then I'll just be jealous. Uh, Forza Motorsports. Flashback 2. Redfall. Wolong Fallen Dynasty. Or is it Wulong? Wukong. Um, Horizon Forbidden West Burning oh. Shores DLC. Yeah, that's all I've got right now. Wukong Black Dynasty? More. Was that that game that you showed, that you brought up a long time ago, John? Yeah. It's a different game, isn't it? Okay. No, that's, that's the game. The game I just said? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, isn't it? I mean, no, it's I not. Autocorrect. It's a like game the, by Team Ninja. The, that the is... one where you play like the Chinese monkey character? No. You guys have no idea what you're talking about. No, you're, I think you guys would there, like it's this It's two game. games that have similar titles. We're confusing them. Yes. This is a game that is more like Ghost of Tsushima meets uh, like a Souls game or like... Um, Shit, what were those other games they made? Sekiro. Black Myth Wukong is the game that John and I are talking about, but that comes out 2024, it looks like. Yeah, it just got delayed today. <laughs> nice. Which game? Black Myth Wukong was like one of the uh, first yeah. uh, Unreal Engine 5 games that got shown off, I believe. What's the game you're talking about, Brian? It's like it's kind of like Neo, but with... Wulong Fallen Dynasty. Yeah. Interesting. I would say Neo, Neo meets uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Interesting. Okay. I'll check it out. It looks interesting, for sure. And it comes out fairly soon, I believe. Like, early part of the year. All right. Uh, March 3rd, 2023, according to Steam. Yeah. I think it might end up being on Game Pass, too. Yes, it is. Uh, for my honorable mentions, there's a Fire Emblem game out this week, Fire Emblem Engage, that I would like to play. There's a Dead Space remake that is out next week that I would also like to play, uh, or two weeks from now, actually, I think, the 27th. Um, Star Wars Jedi Survivors on my list, as Brian said. There's a Resident Evil 4 remake coming March 24th. Uh, the System Shock remake. I'm also interested in uh, the Mega Man Battle Network Legacy Collection. Certainly interested in coming April 14th. Uh, Tears of the Kingdom as well. The new Zelda, May 12th. May 26th is Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League, which I would not care about if it wasn't the original Rocksteady team who made the Arkham games working on a new uh, a game. I'm curious of what that is. Uh, hmm. June 22nd, Final Fantasy 16. Uh, interested in, but I don't know that I would actually pick it up. And then there's a bunch of undated stuff that is less likely to make it out, including Alan Wake 2, Armored Core 6, Fires of Rubicon, uh, Hollow Knight Silk Song, um, Marvel Spider Man 2. And uh, I also had Starfield and Redfall on my list. And those are 
Still not technically dated, although I think they said early 2023 for at least Redfall. There's like an Xbox Bethesda showcase coming up that they're supposedly going to be talking about Redfall on. They're not talking about Starfield. They already came out and said that ahead of time. Yeah. That they're not speaking. Starfield's going to get its own presentation separately, Mm -hmm. but they will be talking about Redfall. So I'm assuming they'll have a release date. I wonder if that means that Starfield might be coming sooner so it will have its own thing where they would actually show it off. I'd be interested to know if they're just going to talk about Redfall and then be like, oh, yeah, also it's available today on Game Pass, same day. Like, yeah, possible. Which I could see them doing and then also doing the same exact thing with Starfield. Like that, that would be, that would be a baller move for Microsoft, you know, like very baller. Something tells me though, that they, they really want, they probably, I think with the dearth of like first party Xbox, big show stopping games, I think they're going to need those, those preview review cycles of like, we're going to let people play this game and talk about it before the general public can get their hands on it. So we'll see. I don't know. You could be right. But who knows? We'll see. I don't know what I'm talking they, about. They could also tell they like it's they could come out tomorrow and be like, "Hey, Starfield is coming in 2025," and I'd be like, "Okay, yeah, probably. That sounds about right." And then we're like, "All right, we'll see Elder Scrolls Six in 2037." Yeah. But after uh, after they re-release Starfield 12 times. Uh, uh, John, did you have any other? I do. Yeah. So. Uh, Forspoken comes out next week. Atomic Heart comes out like beginning of February, I think. That's also a Game Pass Day One release. Jedi Survivor, I'm interested in. Dead Island Two, I love the first Dead Island. Played a lot of that. Uh, Diablo Four, interested in that. Final Fantasy Sixteen, Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, Armored Core, uh, definitely want that. And uh, Payday Three is one of the unannounced mm. uh, release date ones up for this year that I am interested in because we had a lot of fun playing Payday. Uh, payday 2 specifically um so i'm excited yeah, i'd be interested in that i forgot about I, that i will probably i'll put some money into that for sure i hope they get i hope they do cross play because then uh i assume payday 3 would be a day one for nick and gojo and then we could probably get a big a big group of people playing some that would payday. be sick that'd be fun um so yeah those yeah. are my honorable mentions should be an interesting year for video games. And as always, like for me, I feel like there are a lot of smaller games, indie things that pop up throughout the year that you never even know about at the beginning of the year anyway. So I'm curious to see Yeah, there's like 15 we... different Warhammer games nobody's talking about yet. Awesome. So. Great. Yeah. Love Warhammer. 40,000 of them maybe. Yeah, 40,000 of them. Yep. <laughs> 40K. Yep. Uh, there's a Forspoken demo out. I downloaded it. I have not played it yet. I yeah, I haven't had know. a chance to either, but I know it's uh, I know it's available. It's a Square Enix game, Brian. Oh, that's why. It's just not it was, on my radar at it was all. <laughs> titled Project Athia, I think, when it first was debuted, and it was an Unreal 5 game. Um, oh, but, yeah. They used the... Uh, yeah, yeah, they it was, used that it was as shown a demo. Off, it was shown off as a, like a PlayStation game yes. like as a it playstation 5 cool. it it looks yeah it i mean some of the effects and things going on are pretty crazy looking so i'm interested to check it out and see what it's all about so anyways uh yeah if you uh want to follow us on social media or see other places you can listen to or watch the show check out midwestgamers.com slash links 
Midwest Podcast Network has a Patreon, Patreon Sports, all the shows on the network. You could subscribe for as little as $1 a month. Help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks to Jason K, Tom Z, David O, Alan K, and Corey Z for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call Side Quests. Again, this Side Quest that we're going to talk about this time around is going to be the Last of Us TV show premiere that happened on HBO last night. Uh, yeah. We talk about other things on our side quest too, like food, beverages, movies, and more. So, something to think about. If you join the Patreon, you get those episodes a week early. Otherwise, they show up in the feed normally on so our at some point in the future. Yeah, when, when Alex feels like releasing them, you know. <laughs> I'm sorry. So, as always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGamers at gmail.com. Don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. And think about those bargain bin picks again. If you have any ideas, send them in to us. And uh, Alex is going to make a Patreon level where you can buy the games for us and we will play it within reason. No hentai, no sex with Hitler, just no Hitler. Yeah. Unless it's like a World War II war game, I'm okay with that. Yeah, that's, that's fair. But, uh, uh yeah. Unless it's, I, I don't really want to play as Nazis either, is kind of the thing. So, like, if Hitler's a villain in it. Yeah, the Hitler and the Nazis have to be villains. Like, yeah. Wolfenstein, that's cool. Wolfenstein, cool. Yeah. I don't know what I... I don't think you've ever... I don't know. Play it. Sounds fair. Sounds fair. No hentai, no weird sex games. It's just weird. You guys are weird. Don't be a weirdo. Anyways, thanks everybody for joining us this time. We will see you next time. Peace. top three are uh, I believe I said number one would be PSVR slash Horizon Call of the Wild which is or what is that I don't even remember what it's called I believe yeah, that's yeah star right. is uh, Emil Hirsch <laughs> is that no that's I thought it was not, Call of the Mountain but the it wild. could be wrong Alexander yeah, Supertramp that's the PSVR game I'm gonna uh, uh, I'm gonna mark this the, so I can cut uh, it out Alaskan bus challenge like I'm I actually, was right it is Call of the Mountain